With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another edition of the Go Nose Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist, I am not a reporter. I am not a insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me, in my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is August 25th, 2020. I got about five different segments here for this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Um, Lead off segment for this episode. Could the monitor thing work? Permanently at sporting events. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but like um, WWE and the NBA have like installed monitors in the um, fans section, and um, I guess the fans are watching the games that way. It's giving the players um, more uh, of a normal environment in terms of playing the game um i don't i don't know if it could work on a permanent basis um i know that um they got that thing called oculus if i'm saying it right that thing the uh virtual reality thing that goes over your your eyes where you can watch sports like that i could see something like that taking off if the uh pandemic is uh going to continue but i just don't think there is a replacement for the live uh fan experience um i just think that um now i will say i think the wwe did it better than the uh nba um Cause it actually looked like fans were in the stands. Um, but I, I don't think you could ever replace a live audience. I mean, that's I mean, just going back to I don't know ancient times. It's always been about the uh, the fans. You know, that's why you put on your show. In my opinion, anyway. So, um, I mean, I could see this being like a temporary thing until whatever. I mean, they're saying now that, um, the vaccine is not going to be the cure all for this pandemic. So, you know, we'll see. Um, You know, sporting, I mean, like I've said this several times on past episodes, sports is really secondary to me. I watched my first NBA playoff game last night. I watched about five minutes of it and 
you know, I just can't get into it. I mean, and it, it is because, you know, just the whole uh, atmosphere, the normal atmosphere as a fan, even a fan watching at home is used to. I just can't get into it. You know, maybe when the NBA Finals come, I can, but not right now. So, uh, let me know what you think about that segment, man. This next segment is kind of off base, but it's I'm going to say it anyway. Are job potlucks really smart during the pandemic? And I don't know if anybody at my job listens to this. I really don't care. Um, I don't I don't mention my job by name and I don't mention any names. But. I used to eat at these job potlucks and I got sick one time, so I stopped. Now, let me tell you what I saw last night. They brought in some cupcakes, right? And I seen this person take her finger, wipe it across the frosting, lick it, and did it again. And close the thing and put it back over there with the rest of the cupcakes. I said, that is why I don't participate. Even, even if it was just a regular, if life was just normal, I, I don't do it. Because everybody doesn't have the same cooking, awareness, cleaning, cleanliness. People don't have the same hygiene. And it's just, yo. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? I ain't, I'm not going to cuss, but I was like, yo. Wh-? I said, man. And I don't really think it's. Like I said, I don't really think it's smart during the pandemic to be doing that anyway. Because like I said, you come on. People just don't don't think. But you know it is what it is, man. Um I I just can't do it. So let me know what you think about that. I would I would I I would advise that if you go to work, if you're fortunate enough to be working during this pandemic, that you really you know, take your health really seriously cuz you got a lot of people that just don't. They refuse to wear a mask. They refuse to wash their hands on a regular basis. They're getting up close and personal with people. I mean, even during regular times, I wasn't doing that stuff. But it is what it is. All right. Um, next segment, Tavares McFadden. What could have been? Now, his his sophomore year, he had like eight interceptions. And he looked really good. Um, and I've I've broken him down before. I just wanted to do it again because I was just... When I was writing this episode, I was like, man, I just wish he could have had a better career. Uh, I wish he would have stayed for his senior year. He could have improved his stock. You, I mean, your stock was pretty high your sophomore year. You go into your junior year, you're on the Jim Thorpe Award watch list, and you have a bad year, and you go pro. I mean, who advised him? Now, I'm not saying that you would have improved under Willie Taggart, but 
you know, playing cornerback, you know, you kind of control your own destiny as a cornerback because Willie Tiger wasn't calling defensive plays. And they were playing, still playing a scheme Willie Tiger's first year that suited your skill set. I mean, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he can play. So, um, you know, he just made a bad decision. I mean, big guy, he's what, 6'2", 200 pounds. Um, didn't run a good 40 time at the combine. None of our corners the last several years have ran a good uh, 40 time. I think uh, Ronald Darby and P.J. Williams probably are the last guys to run decent 40 times at the uh, NFL combine. But, um, you know, same thing with uh, Stanford Samuels III. He should have stayed for his senior year. I mean, all he could have did was uh, he went undrafted too. He all, I mean, he, he all he could do was improve his draft stock. So, um, you know, let me know what you think about that segment, man. I, you know, I'm just, I, I I'm just thinking about the guys that don't make it now. You know, because I, I just think the fans just forget about those guys. And I don't. You know, I pull for everybody on this team to make it to wherever they're trying to make it to, whether it be NFL or just, you know, graduating college and getting a regular job. Whatever they want to do, I'm pulling for them. So um, let me know what you think about that segment. Next segment, historically, who's the face of the Florida State football program? Um, historically, um, uh, I think it's a toss up between Deion Sanders and Fred Belitnikoff, but I'm leaning 80 20 Deion Sanders because a lot of the young generation doesn't know who Fred Belitnikoff is. I mean, he was one of the best college receivers to ever play the game. He came from Florida State, they named the Outstanding Wide Receiver Award after him. Uh, but I'm going to say Dion kind of put Florida State on the map when he first came. Um, I think the younger generation probably identifies with probably Dalvin Cook or Jameis Winston. Um, but I'm going to go with Dion. I mean, he, he, you know, he really helped put this school on the map. And I think, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think he knew what he was doing. I think uh, he didn't want to go to Miami and just be another guy. Uh, he wanted to go somewhere and stand out and mission accomplished. He did it. And he helped put Florida State on the map. And, you know, he helped bring in other guys. I think he helped He helped bring in a Charlie Ward and, um, you know, all those other guys. Because Charlie got there in what, probably 89? 89? Because he was a fifth year senior. So 89, 90, 91, 92, 93. Yeah. 
And Charlie Ward stayed there five years. It's hard to believe. An athlete of his caliber stayed there for five years, man. And then he helped mentor Ward Dunn. You know, Dion. you know, he, he's told his stories about how he's uh, helped fellow teammates while he was at Florida State. So somewhere that got lost, and we need to get back to that. Um, so this team can move forward and move back to where we used to be. But historically... The face of the program is Deion Sanders, without a doubt. Um, next segment. Three out of the five Power Five conferences are still planning to play. Which team can get two teams into the college football playoff? And there will be, you know, there will be a conference that gets two teams in. I, I think it's going to be the SEC. I mean, without a doubt, I think the two teams that make the SEC championship game are pretty much going to get, if they're undefeated, if they're both undefeated going into that SEC championship game, the the loser and the winner, whoever, if they're both getting in, then you're probably going to get one from the uh, ACC and one from the Big 12. And if the Big 12 doesn't show up and do what they're supposed to do, you could potentially get three SEC teams in there. That's because the big the Big Ten and the Pac twelve, they 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 shut down their seasons. I mean, I mean, I watched the championship game. I watched all the games. I'm not gonna lie. I watched the Clemson Notre Dame game, and I watched the uh, Alabama Oklahoma game. But I just don't think that putting three SEC teams in there is really logical but nobody does what's logical anymore they just go for the instant payday when it comes to sports and you know it is what it is man um i think i think um if first of all i don't even think we should be playing that's number one I don't even think college football should be played right now just because these are just uncertain times in terms of you can't spot the coronavirus. You can't. I mean, they 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 haven't rolled out this new saliva test. So it's universally available to everybody in the country. It's only available to like rich people and rich businesses, rich organizations. So, um, and I'm pretty sure some of these high-profile college football programs got it. Alabama, LSU, you know, teams with a whole bunch of money, I'm pretty sure they got it. Um, so, I don't, I don't know, man. I just don't want to see three SEC teams in there and Clemson because I'm, I'm pretty sure Clemson is going to get in there. I don't really see anybody derailing them. And like I said, I don't know. Oklahoma's breaking in a new quarterback, Spencer Rattler. And you just don't know what a red shirt freshman quarterback is going to be. I mean, he could go in there and tear the world up. Or he could be a dud. We don't know. Um, so I would say 
I would lean towards him being pretty good. I watched some of his stuff from, uh, you know, when he was a true freshman last year. He's a pretty good player. So I lean towards them being pretty good. So I would say Clemson, Oklahoma, and two SEC teams, probably Georgia and Alabama. Because I don't, I don't see LSU with all the talent they lost coming back this year. Texas A&M, they're, they're not going to be good. Auburn might be good. I think Alabama's going to roll. So Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson. Um, so let me know what you think about that segment. That's going to conclude this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. It's available on YouTube. It's available on all podcast platforms. Please wear a mask. Please social distance. Please be aware of your surroundings. Please do your research on um, flu and respiratory viruses. Please do your research on vitamins. And as always, go nose.